Warning, this podcast contains mature themes from very immature people. Do you know what I was thinking about last night that I feel like sort of on topic is my um, my attraction to sort of waifish androgynous men mm-hmm. whom my friend of mine affectionately calls the pale and frails. Uh, ah, so, you know, yes. your Timothy Chalamet's and your Matthew Grayson. Chalamet, yeah. Indeed, I was watching him host Saturday Night Live last night and um, was thinking about this because before that I was watching a rerun of Criminal Minds with my mother and I said something about my boyfriend, Matthew Craig Goobler. <laughs> and it was a, a season five episode of Criminal Minds. So Goobler's hair was like down to his shoulders and he's so pretty <laughs> in the face. He's got those those ladylike lips and this long hair. And I was like, mm-hmm. as, I, as I have been many times in the past, I felt like I was facing my mother judgmental are you just a lesbian why are you into these men who look like women (laughs) because i can remember once i had a picture of a tom felton like peak harry potter face i had a picture of tom Tom felton being pale and frail and having sort of longer hair on my computer desktop and my mother my mother was like who's that girl When the fourth movie came out and everyone just has that long girly hair. And I was like, oh man, I'm so attracted to Daniel Radcliffe and Rupert Grint. God, how straight am I? <laughs> Look into his eyes. They're the eyes of a man obsessed by sex. Honestly, I'm beginning to feel like this whole podcast endeavor was just an excuse for me to talk about um, the fact that I'm just a hole for Sebastian Stan. And and, Mm -hmm. um, here we are with my first opportunity to talk about it. Oh God. I was about to say something awful. I can't, (laughs) um, that I know that you want to ride that chin. Like it's a mechanical bull. Oh, that would be accurate. That's not even, that's not even sensitive. That's just accurate. Well, anyway, you're listening to Let's Get It On Film. <laughs> <laughs> oh, golly. Best cold open ever, am I right? <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Let's Get It On Film, the all things sex in film and television podcast. We're your hosts, Kate and Lauren. Hi, Kate. Hi, Lauren. <laughs> I'm so happy to be here. I am always happy to be here with you. And I think you know I've been eagerly anticipating tackling today's subject for the podcast. Yes. yes. This has been, uh, this episode is probably one of the impetus uh, for, is that the right grammar? Uh, who can say? It's, yeah, I think so. It's it's the yeah. impetus for one of the impeti for one of the impeti. <laughs> the the impetuses. Um, the impeti just makes it seem like we're going to be talking about impotence, <laughs> which is not. Aren't we aren't we talking about uh, impotence? I mean, we we probably will at some point. <laughs> <laughs> There's an episode. So, yes. Tell us about today's episode. So, today's episode, 
Today's episode is brought to you by Kate's big fat crush on Sebastian Stan. <laughs> it really is, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's the that's the truth. Um, you can't make jokes that are just true. It's true, but I think even before my my feelings, as they may be, about Sebastian Stan, I think we got to talking about sex scenes and how we thought it was funny that they were so unrealistic all the time. And I think that's what yes. led us into having our conversation about starting this podcast. And we both had these examples. You've got um, one major pet peeve that you wanted to tackle in this mm-hmm, episode. Mm-hmm. And I have thoughts and feelings about Sebastian Stan's face and what I want to do to it. And so here we are. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's, we have a lot to cover and we've been coyly dancing around what the actual topic is. How would you describe it? Because it's in a word, the word is acrobatic, mm-hmm. but I think there's there's subtext in there that we can pick apart. What makes a, a scene like like these acrobatic? For me, it's the um, the over the top athletic nature of the sex acts. It would take a lot of effort and stamina and flexibility to even accomplish them. Um, yes, definitely. S- some of them are nigh on impossible. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it seems as though the, the ratio of effort to uh, reward is definitely skewed in a way that you don't usually see with sex. Sex is, is pretty reward centric uh, <laughs> most of the time, but this amount of effort is is unprecedented. Mm hmm. Something that seems more like you'd see it in a porn than in your real life. So generally, we wanted to tackle the, you know, the the really cinematic but basically impossible sex that we see on screen. (laughs) Yes. The the sex that neither of us will be attempting anytime soon, probably. (laughs) Although I shouldn't speak for you. I shouldn't limit your options. (laughs) I've had men suggested to me that I stretch more. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) That is something. I've gotten a hip cramp in missionary. So So it's not a nice thing to say, but it probably is a suggestion I ought to listen to. Yeah, I'm also I'm not I'm not extremely flexible. I think I think more than being flexible. I don't want to say I'm lazy. (laughs) I'm just I'm very straightforward, which is just about the only straight I can be like (laughs) just get to the end result as maybe not even as quickly as possible. Although that uh, has sometimes been the case. Mm. No, I think as effectively as possible. Effective, yes. Yeah. Efficiency. I am a very efficient person. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, I strive for that in my lovemaking. <laughs> <laughs> I almost could not say that word. <laughs> You're just like, lovemaking. <laughs> um, I think for, for one thing, I think you should go first. Uh, so I don't know how to segue from, mm-hmm. yeah, because I went first last time. That's fair. I also think it's better because yours is like a, a good example. And I would say mine is not. <laughs> I've got a gift for you. 
this week, Lauren. Tell me um, all about it. I cannot wait to tell you all about The Bronze, which is mm. an American movie. It came out in 2016, written by Melissa and Winston Roush, starring Melissa Roush. You know her from being wildly underutilized on The Big Bang Theory. <laughs> right. She was she was the blonde with big tits who was also smart. Yes, indeed. She was she was the smart blonde, not not the Kaylee Cuoco, the other yeah. the other hot blonde, but who was a nerd. That's Melissa Roush, who is really, really talented. Um mm-hmm. this movie was directed by Brian Buckley. Um, but overall incredible cast. You've got again Melissa Roush from Big Bang Theory, Thomas Middleditch from Silicon Valley, Cecily Strong from SNL. Obviously, oh. Sebastian Stan, who's in the Marvel Universe. Haley Lou Richardson, who was just really great and unpregnant, if you haven't seen that. Um, so a lot of really talented comedians in this movie, and it totally flew under the radar. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a dark comedy about a washed-up gymnast named Hope Ann Gregory, who had a Carrie Strug type hero moment in her teen years and overcame an injury to win a bronze medal at the Olympics. And Uh she, she as a person has hung her hat on that bronze medal. (laughs) The movie opens with, um, hope masturbating to footage of her glory days of her injuring herself (gasps) at the Olympics and then getting up and winning the bronze medal. (laughs) So we, Oh my God. (laughs) So we open 10 years later, she terrorizes her easygoing mailman father and the rest of this small Ohio town she came from with diva antics. She steals cash out of greeting cards from her father's mail truck to fund this like unemployed, lazy lifestyle, not to equate being lazy and being unemployed. She is both of those things. (laughs) Sure, sure, sure. Um, And she takes advantage of this hometown hero status and she gets free food from the mall food court. (laughs) Like she's she's a local celebrity and she takes full advantage of it. Um, But she's also got this deep humanizing care for this this town um and it leads her to do things like um violently threaten the lives of people who like litter on the streets <laughs> um, oh okay so so this town appreciates her and she appreciates it back in her own really <laughs> kind of borderline psychotic way yeah definitely a dark comedy is what i'm hearing dark comedy it's about to get a little darker so strap in so when her old gymnastics coach dies by suicide Hope is faced with the choice between coaching this new Olympic hopeful from her town to the Toronto Games or sabotaging her in order to preserve her own legacy as the hometown hero. Oh, so, I see. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if, if, if this kid does well, then it would jeopardize her whole lifestyle. Correct. Of like coasting on this one thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so she's a little torn at the beginning. That's, that's the conflict we see her facing. In comes Lance Tucker, another former Olympic gymnast and a former fling of hopes to be the main antagonist, basically, and attempt to take over the training for this younger gymnast. He thinks he's more qualified for it because he was a gold medalist. Mm, Big whoop. Right. As Hope reminds him, it's men's gymnastics and no one gives a fuck about men's gymnastics. (laughs) (laughs) And and let me guess, uh, Lance, was it? Uh Uh-huh. 
Lance is played by mm-hmm. yep. Sir Sebastian Stan. Lance is one in a line of hot assholes played to great effect by the gorgeous Sebastian Stan, who made a career of playing hot assholes before he started making that cash money playing yeah, am- yeah, yeah. amnesiac assassin Bucky Barnes, right? This character is a preppy, narcissistic douchebag, a really great competitive balance to hope. Um, I watched one interview where Sebastian was asked to describe his character and he just said, Lance totally would have voted for Trump. <laughs> <laughs> No. <laughs> so this movie also has a really hilarious, raunchy feminist tilt. And you get these unexpected moments like uh, when Hope calls her father to complain about Lance coming to town. And she says, guess who's in town? Lance the fucker Tucker, the guy who popped my cherry. And, oh my <laughs> and her dad goes... Don't give him that power, honey. Remember, you're a gymnast and your hymen broke without the help of a man. (laughs) 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 Which is is a joke only for gymnasts and horseback riders, but is so funny. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my God. (laughs) I really like this movie. Super raunchy, super funny. And Mm -hmm. by the time the second act downward spiral hits full swing... Hope cheats on her nice small town boyfriend with Lance and they have this insanely funny and acrobatic motel sex or as the script reads, the most crazy epic gymnastics sex scene ever. (laughs) All right. All right. Let me see this. Yeah, that definitely is. <laughs> I'm just scrubbing through this. I'm scrubbing through this to like remind myself what I just saw, and it's so wild. It's so funny. I mean, they start out and it's kind of standard, unrealistic fare. They're making out furiously when he's got her lifted up against a wall. But then mm-hmm. she does this like topless cartwheel to get out of her track pants. FYI, they both wear their Olympic warm-up track suits at all times. So that's what they're tearing off of each other. Just for anyone who's not watching it to envision, they're tearing Olympic warm-up track suits off. They get completely naked, except for these all-white tennis shoes and athletic socks, which they both leave on. (laughs) Sebastian Stan is is totally naked, uh, which reveals his tattoo. Mm -hmm. Seems to be a gold medal I can't quite tell if it's supposed to be right above his penis. I believe his, uh, or his like, penis is supposed to be the gold medal here. So it's, a, it's a tattoo of like a, gold medal. like a metal ribbon tattooed, like encircling, you know, his crotch area. Um, and of course, Hope laying on the floor completely naked in these tennis shoes just goes, give me that gold, <laughs> which is... That is special. That which is, is very so good. special. And then they just... Go for it. It is so gymnastic. There are somersaults and handstands and full splits. He lifts her completely above himself on the bed and spins her around. (laughs) So unnecessary. They 69 and he lifts her repeatedly like he's using her body weight to work out. Yes. Um, But by far my favorite part is when he bends her over a lounge chair and uses her as a literal pommel horse and does some gymnastics (laughs) <laughs> that is yeah. the true highlight for me. 
I mean, and it just goes on. They 69 with him standing and holding her full body weight upside down. And then they flip. And then and they cartwheel. She's, <laughs> she's, and she's holding his full body weight upside down. Um, and then at one point, they're just both in that handstand on the bed against the wall. Somehow still going at it like all the way through they're doing their gymnastics poses like they've got judges watching them <laughs> exactly that's i think what i like the most is every time that they like stop and they just raise one arm <laughs> it's like i'm about to do sex now Huzzah! it's almost like yep completed that run on my floor routine what's next it's like yes <laughs> it's just so good they do these like simultaneous round-offs and some gymnastics rings appear in front of this hotel room window, which that's, they don't, yes, amazing. They don't really just appear. I thought watching it, oh my God, that's so funny and ridiculous. But I started watching interviews and they said, no, it's just um, a handicap accessible hotel room. Those things exist. That's what's in rooms that are designed for people with disabilities. And then I felt like a jerk oh. because it does feel like they just appear conveniently there. But really, I'm ignorant. Oh, interesting. I thought that this was like something that they set up to work out. No, they just went straight for it in this motel room. Um, so these gymnastic type rings appear in front of their motel room window. Hope hangs from those while they pound it out in full view of the parking lot and everyone in it. And then when Lance comes, he collapses forward, smushing her into the window, then like pumps his fist victoriously in the air and falls backwards onto the floor. <laughs> yeah, the fist pump, <laughs> the victorious like fist pump at the end is just very funny. Uh, I do like, this is a minor detail, um, I do like how uh, taut Sebastian Stan's butt cheeks become as you see yeah. him nut. Mm -hmm. It's you get that. very indicative. <laughs> <laughs> he committed to it. He really committed to it. He also yeah. um, made a lot of jokes in interviews about being so naked and, and sort of looking to the director for support because this was only like his second day on set or something. And so he, oh, he makes this joke repeatedly because he must, he must think it's funny, but it's actually just weird where he says, so I keep, uh, I keep looking to what's his name to Buckley. And I'm like, man, is that what, what are you getting at this angle? Do I need to like do some pushups? Do I need to do something else? <laughs> Which oh is like, gosh. do I need to be making my dick look bigger or something? I think is his implication. And I saw him make this joke like three times. I was like, well, your dick is probably not in it. No. But really, this is super well choreographed. And it's only strategic lighting mm -hmm. that does keep his dick out of view. Yes. But there are some like very near like spread shots for both of them. <laughs> yes. And I, I also learned this tidbit, which is that they both used Cirque du Soleil performers as their body doubles. But Sebastian Stan proudly proclaims that there are only two sections of the scene where it's actually his body double. And that is actually guess. Guess which two sections they are. Oh, no. Oh, no. Um, the one where they're, he's vaulting over her. That's one of them. He said, I didn't have enough time to learn the pummel horse. So that's one of them. Okay. And then there's one where, uh, let's see, I'm looking at this. 
he like hovers over her and lifts one leg in the air. That's it. When he lifts his leg oh completely God. over his head, those are the only <gasps> two moments that it's not you actually. Can't see, but I'm, I'm, I'm doing a victory uh, fist pump in the air. I'm very proud of you. I'm sure you look just yes. like him. Yes. Yeah. So Melissa Roush's double gets used a lot more than Sebastian Stan's does. Uh, that seems about right. It's he seems like the type who would want to be able to take ownership of every scene. Yeah, he's somehow this really weird character actor with a leading man face. This is a great scene. It's. I know I'm getting a little ahead of us, but that music. Mm-hmm. That song choice. Yep. Uh, so good. What is what is that song called? Are you ready? Let's dive right into the stop scale because soundtrack is the S, the S-T-A-H-P scale. The soundtrack, I would give it like a solid four for this scene. That song is called Give It To Me Right by Melanie Fiona. Uh. Super sexy song that plays through the whole thing. It's just an A-plus addition to our Let's Get It On Film Fuck Jams playlist. Uh, And the lyrics Mm -hmm, say, mm -hmm. give it to me right or don't give it to me at all, which is such a mood. Yes. And and that really is encapsulating what they're doing here. Mm -hmm. These are two people who, well, at least at one point in their lives, their bodies were their like, I almost want to say weapon. But like they're they're tools of the trade. Yeah, they and they, here they are like deploying them again. Yeah, they both clearly gymnasts in general in real life just have complete mastery over their bodies from head to toe is the thing. And so it's a mm-hmm. really great display of that. And they're they're giving it to each other right, which they I are appreciate. Definitely giving it. Yes, absolutely. So yeah, solid four on that soundtrack. Um, time, I also give it a solid four. I think it's just the right length to contribute to the ridiculousness of it all. You know what, about two and a half minutes or so. It's really funny. It doesn't linger anywhere. They hit so many positions. <laughs> it's, it's really <laughs> incredible how much they fit into just, what, four minutes? Yeah, that's that's incredible. They hit so much. and And every single cut is a new laugh which i appreciate uh, well okay for start authenticity it's a one it's completely impossible it's ridiculous yes. it's ridiculous Why would anyone bother? but it's <laughs> so funny to imagine <laughs> so yeah. so funny to imagine um and so for heat i gave it a three these characters are not sexy at all they are both these super weirdo narcissists she's got these poofy 90s bangs and a tragic midwest accent Mm -hmm. there's not Mm -hmm. a smidge of romance in this scene but the sex itself is smoking hot in my opinion they've got perfect bodies they get real dirty with it it's equal opportunity loving which we love to see yeah (laughs) i'm surprised you're only giving it a three because in terms of positions it's fucking nuts but if you break it down to like what Hearts are kind of being uh, serviced. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's it's very sexy and it's very fun to see. Like, and I'll talk about this in my section too. It's very fun to see sixty nine ing representation on film. <laughs> Here's my thing. 
it's low key hot just because everybody's naked and beautiful, but it's funnier than it is hot. And it's designed that way. Mm. 100% intentionally, it's funnier than it is hot. I see. I see what you mean. And I think it's also like they're almost not having sex with each other. No, in this moment. no, it's like they're competing in gymnastics against yes. each other. And it just so yes. happens that his dick is in her vagina. <laughs> yes. It's like coincidental exactly. that they're having sex. It's really that they're competing in a gymnastics meet against each other in a motel room. <laughs> yeah. So factors like intimacy and like chemistry and things like that, that don't really factor in uh, right now uh, in this scene because it's like they are just kind of displaying their bodies and displaying what they can do. Right. And, and, and that's only one aspect of sex. It is. And, and contextually, which you can't tell just watching the scene, but contextually it's a really toxic choice. <laughs> it's a terrible situation. It's just a really great scene. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. kind of hot, not the hottest, right? Production value, I give a four. It's a lot of creative editing to keep it R-rated and not pornographic. Mm -hmm. It's great creative use of this small set. The choreography is outstanding. Yeah, really good production value on like a limited budget. <laughs> good creative use of limited like set pieces. Also, the furniture to turn a bent over yes. body and a corner motel room chair into a pommel horse, I think is impressive. <laughs> Yeah, that's <laughs> to use very creative to use disability accommodations as sex toys. Also, I think well done. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Improvised bondage equipment is always a plus. <laughs> no, it's not. That was <laughs> no, a, it's not. That was a joke, ladies and gentlemen. That's a good way to accidentally die during sex. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do that. Always be safe. Mm -hmm. <laughs> What if we accidentally killed someone by giving bad sex advice? Oh, no. That would suck. <laughs> you sounded so insincere. <laughs> I took a sip of my wine and you sounded so insincere. I almost choked. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, it would suck. I just don't really think it's going to happen. <laughs> As is the theme of the day, it's unrealistic. <laughs> so that's the bronze. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Unrealistic it may be. It's a great movie. I waited way too long to watch it. And the whole movie is funny. The sex scene got by far the most press out of anything else in the movie. But it's so funny. Mm. Uh, yeah, I had heard about it mostly as from the sex scene. And you talking about it as the slutty Sebastian Stan film. Mm -hmm. One of many. <laughs> yes. And it's nice to know that it's so much more than that. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Lauren, I can't, oh. I can't wait to hear what you have for me. <laughs> well, it's not good. <laughs> um, well, thank God we all tuned in. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kate, I have brought to you a scene from a French film. That is quite iconic and not very good. It is blue <laughs> is the warmest color. Mm, mm, okay. Yep. Um, iconic uh, lesbian love story. Highly, yeah. highly ridiculed by lesbians. Yes. I don't want to say that it was considered groundbreaking or revolutionary or anything, uh, but it was a major step in, in representation on, on 
film uh, because it came out in uh, 2013. Oh, that's not as long ago as I thought. (laughs) That's not as long ago as I thought. Um, But it was uh, it it was a major splash in the LGBTQ uh, film scene because uh, same sex marriage actually became legal in France. Four days before its premiere. Okay, so timing, timing leading to the splashiness of it all. It was primed to make some controversy. Yeah, to to capitalize on on lesbian themes being very prominent. So this falls into one of the pitfalls of lesbian cinema in that it was directed by a man, Mm. (laughs) which is not to say that men can't do lesbian films. Uh, They shouldn't. But that's not to say that they can't. And it certainly doesn't mean they won't. <laughs> exactly right. Blue is the warmest color. Uh, is It gets its name from a graphic novel, but very little else. The author of the graphic novel, Julie Moreau, uh, criticized the movie for casting two straight actresses and being made by a straight man and essentially accused them of not being able to depict lesbian sex uh, accurately. And this was a criticism that the film faced quite often. The director was Abdelatif Keshiche. <laughs> yes, I looked up how to pronounce his name and I still am not confident. Uh, that was director Abdelatif no, that can't be right. Um, <laughs> it was very sing-songy, though. That was nice. It, it sounded like they were just shushing at the end of the of the of his name. Um, he made this film. It's about a mm, woman is putting it strongly because when the film starts, the main character is fifteen. Ooh, okay. Bad start, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Bad fucking start. Yep. Now, this uh, is, of course, set in France, and technically 15 uh, is past the age of consent there. Oh, God, past it. What's the age of consent? You know, I told myself I wasn't going to get into this, but fuck it. (sighs) France is so fucking weird about age of consent. France has a long history of being against the concept of an age of consent. I remember getting so bummed out when I was reading um, Foucault and and Sartre. And I found out that both of these like philosophers that I was really into at the time had signed this open letter that was calling for the abolition of age of consent laws in France. Mm. Yeah, like not great. (laughs) Um, Simone de Beauvoir had also signed that. And it's like there, there should probably be an age of consent. Most of the world has agreed on that already and you should just like get with it. Yeah. So yes, this film is already starting off on a great foot. So the main character's name is Adele and she is a 15 year old, I guess, high school student. I don't know if they're secondary school or what, what they would be called in France, mm-hmm. um, but she's in school and she catches a glimpse of this beautiful older lesbian with short blue hair and is immediately like, ah, oh, I have gay feelings. <laughs> um, We've all been there. <laughs> it is kind of relatable because like it is the gay experience to like be on a bus or something <laughs> and just see a beautiful person and be like, oh God. And then like masturbate about them later. <laughs> 
Sorry, that's the gay experience. <laughs> I mean, maybe that's just me. <laughs> that's just the horn dog experience. It's <laughs> in, in any case, Adele uh, has this whole fucking like hour long struggle before we get to any gay stuff where she's like, you know, having sex with a man and thinking about this woman, Emma, but she doesn't feel satisfied and blah, 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 blah. And then finally, <laughs> Okay, I should confess, uh, when I watched this film last night, I watched it without subtitles. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I watched it in French, not understanding anything, except a a few times they go like, no, (laughs) Um, and (laughs) mais oui. (laughs) And I understood that bit. Will you just just very breathily say no again? No. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. But uh, so things seemed to happen in in ways that I couldn't quite figure out the cause and effect. <laughs> in in sometimes so somehow she ends up at a lesbian bar. <laughs> there's a moment where oh no, there's a predatory lesbian. And then the blue haired girl saves her. It's just one of those one of those weird tropes about a young waif can't walk into a lesbian bar without being pounced upon. So the the blue haired woman, her name is Emma. She's 27 to this girl's 15. (laughs) Can't stress that enough. So Emma is uh, I guess I should be glad it is good to see some blue haired lesbian art ho representation. Um, especially with the major bags under her eyes in just about every scene, it really makes me feel like, um, like we're moving forward to a place where I can see myself, but uh, in general representation is not where this film succeeds. So blah, 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 blah. Adele becomes obsessed with this older, mysterious girl, Emma. They share this beautiful, tender kiss in the park. It's like the soft fumblings of a girl just sort of coming to terms with her sexuality and her interest in another girl. And it's quite beautiful. And there's a sudden cut to they're fully naked. (laughs) They're standing in a dark room lit by candlelight and they're just touching each other all over. (laughs) And it's very jarring. (laughs) I, I debated with myself on what to show you because this film has a lot of sex in it. It's known for it's, I believe six minute long sex scene. Wow. Which yes, they do a lot of various positions. They go from like Emma is, is like on her knees eating Adele out with a apparently prosthetic pussy. (laughs) I, I, that's what I heard about the making of this film so there's like a there's there's a lot of oral attention. There's a lot of ass play. Huh. Yeah, which is not normally what comes to mind um when you think, you know, young lesbians exploring each other. Um Sorry, I got sidetracked for some <laughs> reason. I can't imagine what would have sidetracked you there. 
<laughs> no, no, it's fine. There's a lot of like, there's a lot of buts. It, 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 there's something clear that they couldn't really show the front of the pussy very much. They're able to show as much tits and ass as they can, <laughs> but the pussy, they are kind of just working around. <laughs> yeah. And, but so there's this whole long scene of them having sex uh, and it ends with a very tasteful um, 69ing. <laughs> and I kind of decided like, all right, it's kind of implausible, this scene, but it's not outrageous. And the film kind of moves on. We see some interpersonal drama. Um, some of the, the high schoolers' friends start suspecting she's gay. I didn't need subtitles to tell that there was a hate crime going on. Uh <laughs> So that happened. And then uh, there's like issues like family dinners. And I couldn't quite tell what that was about. But from one second, they were sitting at a family dinner table to then the next scene, which is the scene that I'm going to show you, <laughs> which gets us to the very controversial topic of tribbing and or scissoring. <laughs> All right. Okay. That was, that was some scissoring. <laughs> yes, it was. Yes, it was. It was even more than that. It was like reverse, like scissoring because like they're upside down from each other. It's very, it's very hard to describe this without using my hands. I don't, yeah, no, I'm doing the same thing. I'm literally I like, know. I don't think you can reverse scissor you're just scissoring one direction or the other but she is sort of yeah. contorted extra so that she's kind of face down instead mm -hmm. of on her side <laughs> I don't know. yes yeah. the uh the typical scissor and i'm gonna i'm gonna get into whether there is a typical or not mm -hmm. it's we're gonna discuss this but from what i researched the typical idea is is you're basically lying on your sides with, uh, with your legs interlocked um, and you're doing your best to rub uh, your vulva or more specifically your clitoris against your partner's vulva or clitoris. Um, and this friction and grinding of the pubic bone against each other is meant to produce satisfaction. <laughs> um, hasn't? In my experience, <laughs> but we'll get into that. Even in this scene, so movie sex is supposed to like just look so great and like everything. I mean, in, in most cases, like everything's going right mm -hmm. and really quickly and there's no there's no fumbling and there's no, oh, that's not the right angle. And everything is just supposed to be like as beautiful and perfect as it can be. And even in this scene, they make scissoring look like a fruitless endeavor. <laughs> right it looks it looks so unsatisfying it, it's i mean so unbelievable they it seems more like they're making noises of exertion than pleasure for starters yes um there's a lot of like repetitive grinding and faces of exertion and struggle which i guess is more realistic for sex than like beautiful like model faces or whatever right <laughs> having not watched myself in a mirror unfortunately <laughs> 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 
having not watched the replay lately, uh, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what's going on on my face, but I imagine it probably looks more like that than anything else I've seen. But yeah, no, they don't. Even there, it doesn't seem like anyone's having a great time or getting off efficiently or effectively. <laughs> yes. It's kind of amazing to me that uh, they do seem to be not maybe not even orgasming, but they they seem to be reaching a certain plateau yeah. of pleasure. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what um, it looks like. And then they don't even in the scene look like they're really able to push over the cliff, you know? Um, so it's, it's, but they're making the sounds and I just want to get your take on the sounds that they're making because we have no soundtrack. So that's all we have to listen to. And that noise of like, uh, uh, uh just seemed like so like brutal Mm. and as if as if she was getting like pounded by a cock and it's like that's not what's happening here in my experience I've I mean I've made sounds and I've heard a lot more of like Mm, or yeah like you know encouraging like sounds yeah they are at the very least not communicating anything Mm -hmm. i i know what you mean it's very much more my thing you know if things are going well to be like yeah yeah like that or yeah if it's not to say "Mm," (laughs) constructive criticism or whatever sure sure but that's Yeah, it's definitely not very communicative and it's kind of gray area, whether they're good or bad noises. That's why that's kind of why I was describing them as like noises of exertion, (laughs) because that's yes, that's the only thing that they for sure are. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) without without giving them value judgment, they are absolutely noises of exertion. They keep like grabbing each other's hands where it's like they need the leverage of grabbing each other's hands to even make it half worth their time. (laughs) Yeah. Or like, I almost wondered if that was sort of a a moment of intimacy that this scene was lacking. Um, Because I mean, for the most part, this position, they're like facing away from each other. And I saw this mentioned as a, as a drawback to the scissoring position it's difficult to like kiss or look into each other's eyes, that sort of thing, Mm -hmm. Um, which a lot of people find sexy. Well, it just doesn't seem tremendously different from like grinding against someone's leg until you get off is the thing. Yes. And I saw people talking about that as a form of tripping. I I was like, I'm more into grinding against someone's leg than I am (laughs) whatever they're doing here. It's like... Scissoring. (laughs) Yes, I'm aware of what it's called. So I did a lot of research to talk about uh, whether this is an actual sexual position or whether this is an invention of porn by the male gaze. And it is apparently something that a lot of uh, people do to feel pleasure. I am still not convinced that it's a great way to come. Yeah, is it like foreplay is it something people do as foreplay a lot because that i get i know i get i get it as foreplay but i did see some people responding to the question of whether uh 
whether tripping can get them off as saying like, yes, it's my favorite way to get off. Hmm. And I do not understand that. But like more power to you. I think I think what it comes down to is that every vulva is different. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know this is a comedy podcast, but this is a moment of seriousness. Uh, your labia is perfect just the way it is. And your clit is perfect just the way it is. Your your vulvas, the whole whatever, whatever organs and things are down there. Like they come in an infinite variety. And so one thing I saw talking about uh, tribbing was that some people have the, the genital structure, the genital makeup that lends itself very easily to tribbing. People who have like large mons pubis, who have like a long clit, uh, people who have like a larger or longer vulva, like they may find it easier uh, to come from tripping. Mm, just a matter uh, of like someone else, more exposed sensitive tissues or whatever. Possibly. And, and that the, here's an interesting phrase, the way that people interlock <laughs> is also an interesting factor because apparently some couples, their, their genitals will line up in a certain way that they will be compatible for tripping whereas they wouldn't necessarily be with other partners. Mm, that tracks. So, yeah, it's 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 a lot more complicated than just a question of is it real <laughs> or is it a fake thing? But my position comes down to my god, does it look exhausting? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's an interesting it's an interesting conundrum. I think in this context, in this scene, it definitely falls more into the male gazy side of things and less into these are two people in a relationship who are just trying things out, you know? Yeah, in this context, it definitely feels like two women arranged in such a way that they're very carefully concealing both of their vaginas <laughs> and like just rutting against each other for the pleasure of the majority male audience. Yes. And there's one shot that's most indicative of that like male gaze thing that makes this seem inauthentic um, and kind of uh, makes really obvious the fact that they're not really like on their sides in that traditional position. It's there's one shot where Emma is flat on her back, sort of like bouncing with the exertion of what's going on. And it's as though there's a man over her, <laughs> like, oh, her. yeah, that's that's the yeah. way that looks to me, as though um, yeah. a straight man could sort of just watch that scene and be like, ah, yes, point of view, here we are. <laughs> and I, and and I I just want to say before we go on to the stop rating, like this is a very uh, defeatist lesbian film. It's it's one of those lesbian films that's like about the failure of a relationship, and it's like, guys, can we just chill <laughs> we've seen so many movies where the heterosexuals have a great time and the stakes are low and it's all good and it's just it's a shame when all these like iconic lesbian films are also just really really bummers really you're you're clearing a high bar for lesbian movies if everyone survives to the end that's true <laughs> that's that's true <laughs> 
Stop. We have to talk about the stop rating, even though this is not maybe an exemplar example, we still have to rate it. We do. Stop. Rate these lesbians for me. With soundtrack already. I'm worried that I'm going to set a precedent because the fact that there's no music in this scene, does that make it a zero? Or because I think there are situations where uh, letting the music fade out, letting the natural sound come through would be very effective. Mm-hmm. That's that's exactly it. I think you need to judge it based on its effectiveness. Does it contribute to the sexiness of the scene or does it make it more awkward and like you're you're sitting in the corner of the room watching, but not in a sexy everybody can sense sort of way? Well, I think you know which way I'm going to go. Uh, it, there, there's no communication uh, in their grunting. They just sound winded for the most part. Um, so, no, I, I, I give this a one. I give this a one for a soundtrack. Um, and then time. This section I gave you was brief because it's kind of a, a scene that's slotted in uh, I'm not even sure if it's meant to be a flashback to this crazy night where they had sex in so many ways. <laughs> it's kind of uh, slotted in in a, in a kind of awkward place, uh, as I said, while they're in a dinner uh, conversation. <laughs> and so time, it's like about two minutes, I think. Um, not super effective use of time. They just scissor for two minutes straight and they grunt and we kind of cut back and forth between their faces but do you know what it kind of feels like it kind of feels like the standoff and the good the bad and the ugly where they're just cutting between like (laughs) (laughs) oh my god you're so right like the squinting close-ups on the faces and then like the hands on the guns waiting to draw them and then like what else (laughs) it's cut a little bit like that (laughs) you're absolutely right it's like a contest to see which of them is going to come first it's like you're waiting for it oh that's so i i think it it does in that way i think use time sort of effectively as build up to suspense to see like ooh, are they gonna come and then they don't really they just seem to hover hover on the edge for a while um i i'll give it a two i'll give it a two for time Um, authenticity. Now here's where we get into it. Is tribbing a real thing that people can do? Yes. Is it a thing that a significant portion of, let's say in particular, the queer community does? Eh, Probably less than porn would lead you to assume. But for some people, it does seem to be a part of their uh, sexual rotation. Do I think it's really authentic that these two specific characters would choose this method of getting off? Uh, not really, because they're they're young. They're exploring each other. Sure, I can understand why they might try something new. Yes. And and when does this take place? Because I can't help but notice that there's just absolutely nothing that goes buzz in the night. No. Yeah, there <laughs> is no uh, assistance of any <laughs> kind uh, mechanically. Yeah. No, but this was set in like 2013. Uh, OK. Yeah. Uh, so I'll give it I'll give it 
a two, I'll give it a two for authenticity. Uh, Cause I don't think it makes sense for these characters, but it's not impossible. Yeah. So that's my feeling. S T A H heat. Is it sexy? A lot of the sex scenes in this film just make me think about lubrication. <laughs> um, for one thing, grinding like that is difficult. I, I read if you have um, pubic hair mm, uh, because that start will start a fire. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was, I was gonna, I was gonna say it itches, um, but sure. And, um, certain parts. I'm not over it yet. No, I know. <laughs> All right. Are you done or can I go get water? Nope. Like let you laugh at your own joke a little longer? No, I'm good. Okay. Um. Certain parts of the body can also chafe in these positions. Uh, and so it is recommended that you uh, add some sort of external lubricant. There's so many factors that would take me out of the moment mm-hmm. and that take me out of the moment watching it uh, that I really can't find it very sexy. So I'm, I'm going to give it a one. Ooh, I would disagree about that. I think it, I think it deserves more than a one. Do you think it deserves more than a one for heat? I do. What would you give it? I would give it like a two or a three for heat because just because it's unrealistic, I feel like it is pretty intimate. It is kind of romantic. There are these lingering looks. You know, I talked so much about these lingering gazes when we talked about Titanic. I think I'm just um, sadly, unfortunately, a bit of a romantic bitch on the inside. Um, Mm. And it's got a bit of that, which I appreciate. It's very nude. They've got, you know, cute, cute, tiny little skinny girl titties bouncing, which is nice to look at. (laughs) Sure is. I I can see. I do enjoy. uh, I do enjoy their tits. Man. All right. Uh, You've convinced me to bump into it, too, because you reminded me that I do like um, I do like seeing their breasts. Thanks for the reminder. You're welcome. Um, and then production value. I think the lighting is ridiculous in this scene. Because <laughs> uh, it's like ostensibly like three candles behind them. But that's not at all like capable of providing the lighting like that they have there. They're lit like a stage play. <laughs> yeah, it's very odd. And and. I I don't like it. Um, So, yeah, I think production value is also kind of low for me, Um, but eh, not not the worst. I think the framing of a lot of shots are are very interesting. Too many close ups. Um, But eh, I don't know. And I did notice a few interesting editing choices. Like there's a jump cut at one point, which I thought for a long time that I was just seeing an edited version of the video. And I looked at so many different versions <laughs> of compilations of these <laughs> scenes from this film. I bet you did. And it's no, it's, it's, well, it's just a jump cut in the middle of that, um, which I think is actually kind of interesting. So I, I would give this a three for production value. Um, I think it, it's not bad. I, it's con level. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
So I did have an honorable mention absent in outstanding creation, like the bronze would have been my choice. Um, but I don't know if you've seen <laughs> that scene with Tom Cruise and Kelly Preston in Jerry Maguire. That's like entirely upright against a bookcase <laughs> where no. there's like bouncing, standing up upright sex where it appears he's like holding her body weight and like bouncing her to like a considerable height. Ugh. But it's not even like he's got the leverage of like she's back against the bookcase. He's his back is to the bookcase and she's <laughs> she's bouncing on on the front of him upright. I don't know. What? Yeah. It's it's a quick little scene. Um, and then they they sit at a table together eating strawberries naked. It's a it's a thing. Mm. Um, but it's it's pretty physically impossible. <laughs> not not the bronze physically impossible, but just kind of your standard physically impossible movie sex fair. Yeah. That definitely seems like um like basically all the things that we covered definitely would have to stretch. Definitely would have to like make sure you're limbered up <laughs> for that position. <laughs> doesn't seem really, uh, doesn't seem really likely. I mean, you know, maybe Kelly Preston and Melissa Roush just stretch more than me and they don't get hip cramps in missionary position. But <laughs> I mean, I, I have terrible hamstrings, Kate. Mm. It's, I like cannot uh, straighten my legs correctly. <laughs> They're like every every time I extend my legs, it's like oh, it's a stretch. <laughs> so I did. I may not have had a great honorable mention this this week. Um, I almost said a year. What year is this going to be played in? At, anyway, is it going to be in this is twenty twenty one? Evergreen content. You're so right. That's what we oh call it God. in the industry. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Uh, I did conduct a super scientific survey this week. I was thinking about whether I would share the image on social media uh, <laughs> when when this episode comes live, um, because I made it at 6 a.m. this morning in like a fever dream of like <gasps> Brooklyn Nine-Nine meme. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you texted it to me at 7 a.m. with it. <laughs> yes. Yes, I did. My the question that I posed to uh, my friends was basically scissoring thoughts, <laughs> and I got three responses. And I'm gonna go through them in the order I've received them. <laughs> the first is a simple hell yeah, which I think is enthusiasm at. I don't know. I can't tell if it's enthusiasm at the idea of scissoring or. Like, hell yes, I have enjoyed scissoring and will plan to again. The second response, I'm pretty sure I know who it came from. It says, very realistic and sexy. Too bad Lauren isn't cool enough to pull it off. The sad. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Lauren, are you being online bullied? <laughs> wow do you need me to call someone for you <laughs> Kate uh, I don't I don't I don't know what you're trying to imply <laughs> 
I think you do. <laughs> and I think everyone will know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> but yes. And then the final response, uh, which I think was the most measured and uh, thoughtful response, uh, and probably the one I agree with the most. <laughs> it can be all right if you have the stamina and are just doing it for fun. Probably not satisfying enough for the main event. Mm, yep. Pretty straightforward. Pretty pretty agreeable. Yep, that kind of covers um, what my uh, general guesses about it would be. So um, yeah. So you're you're really welcome that I gave that very kind and thoughtful response to your very scientific survey. <laughs> oh, oh, is that? Oh, is that? Is that how it's gonna be? Oh, why? You're gonna take credit for that? Why did you think you're I take didn't? Credit for that? Did one? you think I didn't participate? Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Well, I um. I appreciate your participation. Oh, you're welcome. I, I am very pleased that our super scientific poll has integrity. You know, it's you. We want to be serious. It's super serious, super scientific, super sexy. <laughs> I needed another S. <laughs> super sexy. Well, Kate, I've had I've had a lot of fun with you. Uh, I. I'm also so tired of talking. Um, <laughs> I won't go in the podcast, but <laughs> that's just me and where my vocal cords are at. Um, this is this has been a, a strenuous time, though. It's, <laughs> we may not be fucking in all different positions, but this has been strenuous. This this has been strenuous, not not as strenuous as scissoring, I'd say. But no, always... nor uh, the certain positions in the bronze. <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> Thank you for giving me the opportunity to um, talk too much about my crush on Sebastian Stan. Thank you for letting me talk about my pet peeves about lesbian representation. So, you know, thanks. Mm, my my pleasure. So I guess all that's left is, you know, we want to hear from you. Do you like these movies? Do you hate these movies? Do you have suggestions for other episodes? Are you into scissoring? <laughs> Please, if you're into scissoring, let me know. If you're into scissoring, send Lauren your phone number. Um. <laughs> um, yeah, you can reach out to us on the social media. We have a Twitter, we have an Instagram, we have a website. Um, our episodes go up on the website uh, and they are accompanied by certain scenes that we watch that you should definitely not watch at work. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, <laughs> not safe for work. You're gonna get you're gonna get some links to some adult websites because that's the only place they can put these ridiculous raunchy scenes. Um, so yeah. email us. We're at info at let's get it on film .com. What's our what's yeah. our website, Lauren? Uh, let's get it on film .com, which is uh, pretty straightforward, I think. Um, <laughs> 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 uh and then tune in for our next episode find us on the things that you find podcasts on mm -hmm. presumably yeah wherever you get your podcasts you can find us um and <gasps> that's the phrase yeah that's it man <laughs> <laughs> just go to spotify dipshit <laughs> um just go to spotify we're probably there if we're not that's on us <laughs> Um, 
there's one other thing, but I forgot it. Oh, check out the Let's Get It On Film Fuck Jams playlist on Spotify. We add to it with every, yes. with every episode and there's a great addition this week. I think the only thing left to say, Kate, is uh, keep it pervy. Keep it pervy, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Oh, this is so nice. This is like so good. <laughs> I immediately lost my cool podcasting voice. <laughs> From the society is bent upon destroying.